This is episode five of Flutter Twattle. Twattle. <laughs> I st- still don't know how to pronounce the name of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very sorry. First of all, it's been a very long time, and 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 last year's last year's it was it was uh, last year's episode or the previous episode uh, received a lot of very interesting and helpful feedback and. And um, there was a, a lot of people talking about it on Twitter, and then we just ignored everyone for like six months. Um, yes, Happy New Year! <laughs> happy New Year! <laughs> happy Christmas! Happy Halloween! Yes, uh, I hope you all enjoyed burning Guy Fawkes on Bonfire Night uh, and and all the other festivals that we missed. Absolutely, um, but we're back. Um, happy Finnish so- Independence Day and all those, you know, the Finnish ones as well. Well, who did from from whom did Finland become independent? Oh, everyone. Um, everyone. <laughs> well, um, Russia, and then and earlier uh, um, Sweden, and yeah. I don't, I don't think of Sweden as some kind of massive imperialist um, force. No, not anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, um, you might be surprised. But yeah. Um, and yeah, well, God, are we getting all political now? And like, I know. Uh, maybe, maybe we should stop. I was no, just, I was indeed. just thinking about maybe Finland is like that planet in um, in Doctor Who where the the inhabitants just love getting oppressed. So it's like the most invaded planet in the galaxy. Is this in Doctor Who? I think, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Doctor Who. One of the characters was played by David Williams. Uh, it was either Doctor Who or Marvel. I forget. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Doctor Who episode that is. I don't know. It can't be the a guy, very memorable one. The guy was like playing uh, this. Yeah, David Williams played a character whose species lived on the most invaded planet in the galaxy because they just really like being oppressed and enslaved. <laughs> so like oh. everyone just came and oppressed them all the time. Um, so that sounds like Finland. <laughs> That's, that's why that came to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm reasonably certain that Finns don't like being enslaved and okay. are quite happy to celebrate their independence. But yes, that's good to know. Yes. Uh, just as a general warning for any potential invaders out there. Yes. Um. So uh, anyway, we should we should stop politics now because we're deeply unqualified. Um, and let's let's talk about something that we're slightly um, less unqualified to talk about, which is uh, software development and mm. mobile apps. Um, new, I've got some news. You do? Um, yeah, I I am starting a new job in <gasps> June. I'm moving. Oh, yeah. So um, the f- for for those listening who don't have the uh the memory capacity to remember something i said in a podcast over a year ago <laughs> uh, which like is probably, me like me probably, for example probably 100 percent of our <laughs> listeners and 50 percent of our hosts um <laughs> yeah i currently am working for an agency uh called netcells although actually technically today um netcells no longer exists because we've merged with another agency called hedgehog lab and that got announced today which was fairly huge um but uh yeah i'm i'm leaving at the start of june and i'm joining a company called cured with a q 
Mm, um, I, I heard the cue. That was good. Yeah. Quad. Cured. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a product company. Oh. Uh, which is a uh, sort of. Uh, so I my first job was with a product company, uh, but I was extremely junior and doing Android development, mm-hmm. um, and then went to NetCells, flipped over to Flutter, and but obviously that's agency stuff, um, and now I'm going back to back to doing product which I am extremely keen and excited for. But I am assuming sticking with Flutter, yes. because otherwise we can just end this episode <laughs> yeah. now, right? And, and, I... and we're now announcing the end of uh, <laughs> our podcast. I... Um, if you'd yes. like to be the new host of... The... <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah, sticking with Flutter, I'm going to be... Uh, right now, they have a Flutter app, but it's been built by an agency... So I'm going to be uh, joining them to sort of lead their Flutter team and um, build an in- the internal Flutter mm. mobile development team um, cool. and bring it all in-house, which is very exciting. And it's made me think a lot about sort of agency versus product um, mm. life. Yeah. Yes. Because, um, you know, I, I, I was talking to one of my current colleagues um after after it was announced that i was leaving um and he said he asked me where i was going and i told him and he said yeah well it's kind of um uh, you, you see it quite a lot like developers flip-flopping between agency and product and agency and product um throughout their careers like people seem to go back and forth quite a lot um and that made me that made me think because I do think there are quite because you work for an agency, right? Yes. Yeah, um, and quite a lot of the big, um, or the, not necessarily big, but well-known Flutter development teams in the world are also agencies. I'm thinking about uh, Very Good Ventures mm. um, and a handful of others. Flutter is pretty widely used in agencies for very obvious reasons because you know that there are huge uh, competitive advantages to only having to build an app once um if if you're an agency um and so yeah i was kind of thinking about um that there are some sort of fundamental disadvantages that come with being an agency or being mm. a developer in an agency um that you don't get when you're working in a product team yes um and and that's kind of the known quantity for me, and we can sort of get into that. But what I'm curious about is whether there are any fundamental downsides for to working in a product team versus working in an agency. Because um, I'm there must be there must be um, like upsides and downsides to both. Because otherwise, everyone would just work for a product company, right? What do you like about working for an agency? I like the variety. Um, of having um, different projects, um, even if I'm not necessarily uh, working across lots of different projects, like just having having them around um, and having that kind of like shared knowledge and being able to have colleagues to ask about things. I like that. Um, but I mean, like I, I tend to take the view that there isn't, 
it depends on the projects. It depends on the agency because sometimes working in an agency can feel a lot like working in a uh, on a, mm. uh, in a product itself. Um, it just depends, right? Like sometimes you uh, have a lot of control over the the design and and, and how the the product is going because you're there as a consultant and advising. Um, and then other times it's someone coming along and going, "Hey, build this, please," and and then you're really just kind of coders for hire, right? And mm. and I I my preference in my own work is to be more kind of towards being in a product house, kind of that kind of way of um of having um having input at the very least into products. Like like I I kind of I kind of feel like I need that. Mm. Um, but it varies. Yeah, I think I think that is kind of a very uh, a, a very good succinct summary of of where my head is at. Because like at the moment, as it happens for the last few years, we have been very much on the. Um, I mean, not not quite developers for hire. Um, because we don't take on those projects. We always mo- most of the time we're taking on projects where like we do the design and. Um, you know, we have our own product team that is um, focused on, you know, developing and designing the product on behalf of the client. Um, so it's it's quite rare that the client just comes along with like a, a ready designed app and just says, turn that into code that works. Um, but I just, I find that, um, and I don't know whether this is just my experience of an agency uh or or sort of more inherent to agencies in general but uh i've i've found that because because of the way things like um things are built like you have to track your time and um it has to be very clear like who's worked on what for how how long um i think it can end up being siloed sometimes so like there are fewer opportunities for me to actually interact with a product team because it's harder for them to because they have to like go through a whole process like if they need to ask me something they need to make sure that they're not like interrupting me when i'm supposed to be working focused on something else um and i don't know whether that's just the way that we work but i i can see that being sort of a general issue in agencies and i'm curious like if if any of our listeners are in agencies um i'm curious whether they see that um that dynamic playing out as well where you know individual teams are a bit more siloed and it has to be um com- communication between teams has to be like quite thoroughly planned out in advance and it it's less spontaneous do you know what i mean i, I do and it, and it can vary a lot and it can um i i i really dislike when you get into this kind of um feeling like you're incredibly remote from the the uh, it's always difficult I, I always find it difficult to use the word customer so so mm-hmm. as in the the customer for the agency not kind of the end user of the app so mm-hmm. so um if 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 we don't have uh, as developers um a way of directly talking to kind of people who are ultimately paying the bills and the decision makers um that does become a complete pain in the ass right and um if if you're just um if you're just kind of completely siloed, as you say, and on your own, it's it's a bit it's a bit lonely. Even if even mm. if you've got an amazing team, you can feel like you're just kind of off to one side. And like, I mean, was that was that what you're meaning in terms of like the, the customer, or were you talking about other? Um... Uh, yeah, a bit in general. Like it's yeah. 
I, I have definitely worked on projects where I've never spoken to the customer, um, mm. which which has been odd, um, like not not odd enough to the point where I felt like I needed to raise it as being a problem, but um, you know, weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if the, and 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 I'm excited to work for a product company because um, you know that that barrier is just. Com- completely broken down because mm. my my customer is like well you you could say that the customer is my own product team or you could say yeah. that the customer is the end users right and we have yes. kind of direct direct interaction with those people and are not that the, there isn't a layer of um of kind of client facing people between me and mm. and the customer yeah which is kind of how it feels at the moment yeah um, um i understand that yes yeah so yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how see how we get on. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah, congratulations! Like, thank you. Sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, their their office is in London, so I get to go to London every so often, oh. which I always enjoy. Um, and yeah, it was actually I wanted to talk about this uh, a little bit because um, I, I I don't know how much interviewing you have done um, over over your career as a software engineer um, being interviewed being, being interviewed. interviewed yeah like applying yeah. for jobs and being yes. interviewed mm-hmm. um uh, some <laughs> yeah. some yeah um so i have obviously been interviewed a fair amount and and actually did apply for quite a few jobs in the process of of working uh-huh. was getting this one um and one of the things that made me want to work for this company in particular was that their interview process was completely different from all the others. Oh, okay. Have you got some horror stories? Uh, no, I don't. And this is the oh, thing. Oh, interesting. Like, um, none of them were bad, but this one really stood out. Um, so I, I don't know what, what your experience has been like, but my experience of being interviewed um, for for software engineer jobs is is like it's it's basically the same for every company um and and you know i i currently in my in my job also interview people and we i hire people um and we do the same process that most places do right so there's the initial screening which is like you jump on a zoom call with hr or a recruiter or someone and they just like make sure that you're a real person and that you're an, actually a software developer and not <laughs> like an alien who's never seen code before. Um, and they just like do the basic stuff, basic compatibility check. Like, are you going to be a good culture fit? Mm. Um, do you have the right to work in the country that you're, you know, all, like, all the, all the basic stuff. So that's it, like it the does, initial story. does help. Yeah. It does yeah. help. Um, and then uh, there's usually some kind of technical assessment whether that's like a take-home test or like a a call with someone um where they where you sort of live code through your way through a problem and then sometimes that's the last stage um but then sometimes there's there's a third stage which is like a more formal interview right Mm. um so pretty much every um every process that i've been through has looked fairly similar to that Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the process that I use when I'm hiring people. Um, so what happened with this one is I had the initial screening um, and it was with the CTO, who's a guy called Tyler. Um, and 
at the end of the initial screening, Tyler just said, okay, cool. Um, we're, we're going to take you to the next stage. I'm going to come, I'm going to get on the train. I'm going to come up to York. I'm going to book a conference room for an afternoon and you can just meet up with me and I, we can just talk through the code and I can show you a few things that we're working on and just generally, you know, get to, get to know each other a bit better and go for a beer afterwards. Nice. So that was great. Uh, and then he was, the, there was like a, a technical assessment. So I did, I did take home test and then he actually got the agency that is building the app at the moment to do my technical interview. Oh, clever. Which was fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although, hang on, are they, they're replacing, they're interviewing the person I'm, that's going I'm to replace them. them and they interviewed yeah. me. Yeah. That, okay. was, uh, right. that was interesting. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> lovely. Very lovely guys. Yeah. Um, and, and very gracious for doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, but then the last stage was like, he, he, he called me up and he was like, pretty sure we're going to make you an offer. But before we do that, I just want you to come to London and meet the rest of the team. Mm, um, yeah. So he like bought me a train ticket. I went down to London for an afternoon and we went out for lunch with a few of the other devs. He he basically booked me a half hour with a few different people. Like I spent half an hour with the, with the product manager, half an hour with the C- CEO, mm. um, half an hour with the back end developers and, and stuff like this. And just like met a few people uh, and then went for beers. And, and then, you know, at the end of that, I was like, okay, cool. When's my formal interview? And he, he was like, there is, you've finished. That's it. That's the end of the process nice and it it just it was so refreshing because um at the same time i was going through another process with another company where all of the interviews were done by one person um so i only met one i I never met or learned the name of the person who would end up being my manager Mm. um i kind of never got the chance to meet or speak to anyone else from the company um, or which I think is important because like the the guy who was interviewing me was a developer, but I wanted to ask like non-developer questions and yes, yeah, that sort of thing. So like it just the the two processes that were going on in parallel were just contrasted so much, mm. um, and that sort of people focused, relationship focused one where it was much more about me as a as a human being and less mm. about my hard skills. Um, yes just made me feel much better yeah and i i am completely with you on that i although like like, let's take it for granted that when you're when you're when you're doing a software interview you want to know that the person can do the job yeah um you want to know about culture fit and that's that can be really difficult and it sounds like they're doing a really really good job there of of going Mm. for a drink and, and things because it's so difficult to get to know people within that formal interview setting, right? Of of um, kind of like uncomfortably sitting around a desk and and that kind of really uh, forced, like people feeling like they've got to be proper and got to say the right things. And I, when I have interviewed people, when I interview people, I I really really try to put people at ease as much as possible. Um, and yeah, you and, want them to succeed, right? You don't you yeah. trying to get people to fail. No, and not try and catch them out, and and like and trying to make trying to be. I think I think kind of setting expectations has got is a is a really good thing there as well of of kind of going not going to do any whiteboard coding nonsense, um, and yeah, but it's I mean, that sounds great to me. That sounds really really good. Maybe yeah. I should start going to the pub with people. Yeah, <laughs> pubs are just like the perfect. Um, icebreaker just like mm. 
Um, and, and, and like you can, you can overthink that process of like establishing culture fit, right? So, you know, everybody knows that you need to have culture fit. Yeah. You need to be able to fit into the team as a human being. Like everybody kind Mm -hmm. of knows that, you know, but lots of recruitment teams and, and hiring managers and stuff, I think overthink that process. And they, they try to establish culture fit by asking interview questions and they like write down the questions that they want to ask. And actually some, something about just putting two people across a table in a pub with, with pints Yes, is just it. It's just a much better way to find out the kind of person that somebody is. Mm. Um, find out if there's a a rapport. Yes. Um, and and I think, I think you, yeah, lots lots of teams kind of o- overthink that that aspect of it, um, or don't think about it at all. To be fair, um, yeah, just my experience. Yeah, I, I the, the other thing that I'm kind of interested in is um. You want culture fit, but at the same time, you don't want everyone to be the same, and you want to think about diversity, right? And mm. and and um and and you don't want to just hire people who are the same as you. And it it, it is kind of easy to get into if you, if you do kind of just go to the pub with people of going, oh, okay, I identify with this guy because like he feels like my mate. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. You I might ne- end up only hiring extroverts. I, I feel really weird using the word mate. I never say that. It's <laughs> I've gone really British. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, like, like. I, I have interviewed people who have been incredibly nervous, and I and and it's really hard to get an idea of who they are as a person. Mm. And I and I'm I'm not judging the fact that they're nervous at all. I'm not. I completely understand. I've been there, um, particularly if you're kind of more junior and haven't done many many interviews. And that can be really, really difficult because you kind of want, I, I've wanted to shake people and be like, I'm not scary. I, I know, I, I, you know, I know that this might be a scary process. I know that it, it can be a really, you know, clearly looking for a job can be a really, really big thing if you are unemployed, if you just, if you need a job um, and uh, trying to take that uh, with the seriousness that it deserves. Um, but then sometimes I just want to shake people and be like, I mean, come on just, just it's okay it's it's it's, yeah. it's okay i'm not gonna bite um <laughs> yeah and i think i think it can be particularly difficult and, th- and this is not just for interviews as well this is for like um providing feedback and, and all this sort of thing like um taking into account people's differences and how mm. how they might impact on on certain things and just asking the right questions so like the uh, a, a good example of this is like um, if you have a feedback for, and, and lots of companies have this where they like get do get people to do peer reviews right mm. so if on your peer review one of the questions is does this person communicate well um if that person is like i don't know has some kind of autism like asperger's or mm-hmm. some something else some kind of neurodiversity yep. that means that no they don't communicate very well compared to other people on your team like that just asking the question does this person communicate well is not is not a useful question to ask about mm. that person because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't tell anyone anything about their you know what well, uh, it's, it's about, saying it's saying, does this person communicate in this neurotypical way as to how we yeah. expect, right? Like, 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 like people with neurodiversity communicate differently. 
And so, like, who is to, who is to determine what well is? Like, like that's, that's kind the of problem. My thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. it, 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 it and and that's kind of where I feel that like maybe you've got to be careful with saying okay let's go to the pub because if someone is the kind of person who doesn't like going to a pub and doesn't like being in kind of that atmosphere it could actually work against people in terms of that culture of mm. it that they'll be um, they'll feel less secure and kind of less safe to be themselves um, which is but it's difficult isn't it it's really difficult yeah. there's no right answer. Yeah, and you kind of the, the the hard thing is that you have to kind of judge judge that from very little interaction with them, right? So so you'll you'll have that initial screening and from that you might decide, okay, what what next steps do I want to take with this mm. person to find out more about them? And you kind of have to detect what they might be most comfortable doing and balance that against what you need to what what situation you need to put them in in order for for you to learn what you need to learn about them mm. um so it's a re- yeah it's a really hard um it's a really hard problem and i don't think i don't think i've seen a solution to it yet because every like every, if if we want as you say if we want to build diverse teams which we do then really every recruitment process has to be tailored to get the best out of every individual but you don't know what that process needs to be until you know a bit more about the individual in the first place mm-hmm. um yes so it's challenging it is yeah cool that very different discussion to anything that we've talked about before yeah um, yeah it's good it's very you know it's 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 relevant it's um yeah Nothing to do with flutter, really, but it's that's well, fine. Like it's 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 very it, it's. I'm not, that's not. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. How dare like, you not talk about flutter? I I know. Um, and I I think flutter is now in that stage in its life cycle where more and more teams and more and more companies are growing um, with flutter. Like mm. obviously, to begin with, it was all small teams it was either like little agencies who were picking it up to gain a competitive advantage or it was um maybe small teams in big companies who were picking up flutter as like a little bit of an experiment um and like you know google built like one or two apps in flutter to begin with and now it's now it's everywhere Mm. um and i think i think um as as flutter developers we are now entering a world where flutter is it is taken seriously now um, and product companies are choosing it as the technology to take them into the future um, and not just as a little thing to play about with on the side. Um, and so, you know, I think it is relevant for Flutter developers to be thinking about this kind of thing now because, um, you know, I, I think there are lots of opportunities for Flutter developers and for Flutter teams um, to you know get really interesting jobs with really interesting companies um as as the popularity of flutter and 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 the extent to which it's taken seriously um just gets gets bigger and bigger um so. Yeah, and it's interesting that kind of a, a, a few years ago you couldn't really do a technical interview on Flutter, like like in, in depth at least, because people just didn't tend to have the experience that that mostly it was people converting to Flutter. Um, and 
I when I when I moved to Finland, which was uh, four nearly four and a half years ago now, um, I came here and I need, needed a job, and um, I uh, I had decided to bet on Flutter. I used to do .NET stuff um, with Xamarin, and I kind of thought that that was probably dying, and um, I think I Good was. Call right about that um and i i had right, native developers are just sitting there like shaking in their boots like, oh, no. <laughs> well I, that was the thing that I, next. I i had a kind of like matrix moment of like do i take the react native pill or do i take the flutter pill and and i i kind of guessed i i i really i, I preferred flutter i i saw huge advantages in it but of course i came here and no one was using it so i, I went around agencies going hi yeah so i want to be a flutter developer um i haven't actually worked in it but i've been teaching myself it for the last six months um what do you think about flutter and they went um yeah um if you knew react native we, we'd hire you immediately but um no no that's new that's new and scary and, mm. and we're, we're, we're we want to run away from scary and, and new that's that's risky um which yeah i'm i'm glad i stuck at <laughs> and got my current job because it it's it, it it meant i didn't have to do javascript um, yeah so. there, there is always that i've, 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 I've re-listened to um, our last episode with luke a couple mm. of times and, and just the bit where he describes writing javascript as like going on a seven-day bender in a beat <laughs> I've, for- I've forgotten about that yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> if you if you haven't listened to that episode it is uh, it's worth it's worth mm. some time because uh, yeah it, it's it's good um, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's probably better than this one. So just yeah. stop. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, Luke's great. Luke, Luke. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, so the other thing about uh, Flutter and recruiting Flutter developers is I don't know how many times you have seen job adverts for for Flutter developers. Where it might be like, I'm hiring, we're hiring for a senior Flutter developer, must have five years' experience in Flutter. Yeah. And you just yes. sit there thinking, Flutter is three years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're now getting to the point where actually we do have people who've been working with Flutter for five, six, seven years mm. who are who are of that senior caliber because they've got that level of experience with it. And and that's that's a new thing. Because like you know, I was a senior Flutter developer three years ago, but that just meant that compared to everyone else on my team, I started it two months before the rest of them did. Mm. So I mm-hmm. kind of, you know, had a bit of a head start. But um, you know, I, th- I think I think the 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 landscape of seniority levels among Flutter developers is, is kind of the, the cards are all landing now because it's been long enough. And and it's easier now to distinguish between, you know, oh, this person has actually been doing Flutter for five years as opposed to somebody who's just and mm. been, been doing Flutter commercially for five years and actually has apps that have been out for five years. So that that's a that's a thing that is that is gonna happen soon. Um yeah. which is good. Um yeah. Um how's how's Burger King? Um Burger King's fine. Yeah. It's uh it it's it's oh actually it's um it, this week it's been uh, number one in like food drink um on the app store in Finland which is fun that is exciting because like, I you tweeted recently that it was number two to Subway 
Yeah, no, we 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 beat them. Um, Congrats! Yeah, Huge. it's quite it's quite scary actually. Like it, I, I've not really worked on an app which. Well, first of all, I've never worked on an app that I use um, because like. Which is is weird, isn't yeah. it? Like, like, like I, I, previous apps I've worked on, I have not been an end user of, um, and this one I am, and um, it, it, you know, I, I've spotted bugs myself. Like, not that we ever have bugs, but I, you know, if we had <laughs> bugs, I've spotted them like whilst ordering a whopper myself, yeah. um, and um, it's like, oh, well, I'll go and fix that on Monday for myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your first your first mistake was ordering a whopper and not a bacon double cheeseburger, but well. We'll gloss over that. Is is the menu different in Finland? That might be a thing. Um, do you have bacon double cheeseburgers? Do you know? I don't think that's a thing on the menu, but you can you can configure it using the Burger King okay. Finland app. Um, you can you can add bacon to a, a double cheeseburger quite easily. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? I mean, I could rant about how McDonald's don't have stuff here. What? Okay, go on. I'm going to shock you right now, and and probably most of the world. Yeah. Um, McDonald's in Finland don't have apple pies. No. They they used to apparently, but that's devastating. Right, I know, I know. Like like uh, like you know, keeps getting voted the happiest country in the world. But doesn't doesn't have McDonald's apple pies. Also, oh doesn't doesn't um, with breakfast. There's no hash browns. There's no there's no that, side. That's I, the I know. best part of the. It's breakfast. literally the best thing, right? Like like I, you know, in the UK, I'd always get an extra one. Here, yeah. you you can just get the you know the the McMuffin, but you can't get a hash brown. And that's astonishing. I don't know how we can use a Flutter podcast to start campaigning. For McDonald's to get hash browns and apple pies in Finland, but here's here's what you need to do. You you're in full control of the situation because mm. you are in control <laughs> of what people can order from Burger King in Finland. So just put a hash brown on the menu, and they'll have to make it for people because people will show up and like well, I ordered a hash brown. That's true. Well, yeah, but it won't it won't be a McDonald's one. Like well, they, they don't. Uh, in fact, Burger King, Burger King don't do breakfast here at all. But Burger King breakfast isn't good. I shouldn't say that because I'm working on Burger King. Maybe that's why Finland doesn't have it. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I've I've had breakfast at Burger King, but mm. but I, that was just me eating a bacon double cheeseburger at five in the morning. <laughs> <before>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware that Burger King did like actual breakfast food. Mm. That's a I, new a new thing for me. Over Easter, I went to um, Estonia, um, which is uh, is two hours on the ferry here, and um, Tallinn is a is a lovely city. Um, but literally every time I've been to Tallinn, I've had a McDonald's apple pie <laughs> because because they do them, they do them, and, wow. and they don't hear. And and yeah, it's it's. I feel quite bad. I feel like I should be sampling Estonian culture, and I'm just sampling McDonald's apple pie. Well, I guess pies. I guess that is Estonian culture. If it's, well, <laughs> it's, it's yes. not Finnish culture, no, no. Hash, no. hash browns are not. Are they called hash browns in Estonia? I guess they're called something in Estonian. I I I don't know. I don't know. I pressed the English button on the kiosk, and uh, yes, and and although I was quite enjoying. Um, when I did that this weekend, there were so many uh, issues of the localization. This is getting really niche now, <laughs> but it's, it's the same in Finland. Actually, there's there's like missing translations, so you get like weird, like you get the name that's supposed to be the string, 
Yeah. Um, and um, and then there was a hilarious one, um, which was like, um, um, which I, I don't know how it popped up, but it was like, hello, username. Um, and and <laughs> but then but then like it had like clearly it, it was like it, then afterwards it said where username is the user's nickname. Like so, like it was like the instructions Somebody's to how like to translate it and pasted it from the user story. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and it pops up. I, I, I took a picture Very of it because, of course, I did because I'm a geek. But like, Very yeah, good. I mean, mm, yeah. Is there is there a lint rule in Flutter or an analyzer rule to 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 tell you where you've hard coded text where you should be using localized text? Uh, yes, is I there? can't remember. I don't think it's built in, but I can't remember. Um, but there definitely is one that you can turn on. Because um, that'd be really useful. And then I wrote a little script because we, you know, we use um, the ARB localization files. Mm. I wrote a little script to to stop that kiosk problem happening because we check if the uh, the keys match, so that the, to make sure there isn't a missing translation in the finished text, uh. which is in the English text. Because uh, and you know it's, it's really quite easy to do because it's just a JSON file, so just yes. like, you know. Um, but yeah, it's quite amazing how those things end up in production. Yeah, it's very funny. Mm. Oh, if you'd if you'd unit tested every class, then that would never have happened. Mm, I hear you cry yeah. again. I refer you to our episode with Luke. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yes, let's not get into testing again. That's dangerous no, territory. No, no, no. Do you know? Do you know what I? Th- I feel like that we have to get into because Uh-oh. because everyone is talking about it, and I feel like doing any kind of vague technology podcast at the moment. You, you've kind of got to talk about AI. Oh yeah, you've just got to. We we just I'm I'm over it. I've been using GitHub Copilot for a year, and it's yeah. it's just fine. It did yeah. it, well. No, it's not fine. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. because it works so well so much of the time. Um, yeah, no, but it's just part of my workflow now. I can't really code without it, which is a bit. Concerning. <laughs> Are you sure you want to mention that before you start your new job? <laughs> it's brilliant. Like it is. I just, yeah, I yeah. I was what one of the. One of the uh, interviews that I did was a was a live development interview, and it was like using. He, he was like, "Okay, you, before before the interview, they said you need your own dev environment." I was like, "Okay, cool, uh, I have one." Um, so at the start of the interview, I fired up VS Code and like started writing the code, and GitHub Copilot popped up, and I was like, "Oh, I should probably turn that off for this, shouldn't I?" <laughs> uh, and and the guy was like, uh. "It's like, yeah, why?" If it's it's going to profession- be there when you do your work, then... Well, exactly. It's like the same argument against whiteboard coding. You, 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 that's just not the environment no. that you use. Like, Nobody's why, why would you... write code on a whiteboard. No. Um, and, and you won't write code without Copilot, so why would you not do that in an interview? Yeah. Um, because how, our, surely our ability to be able to use AI tools is increasingly a thing that you almost want to check in people, that they, they understand how these tools work and understand how to get the most yeah. use out of them. Do you have the ability to pay $12 a month for GitHub Copilot and press command enter when it suggests something? Yes. Absolutely. I do think... Well, yes. Yeah, well, so... yeah, but you can also like prompt it with like comments and like yeah. you know help it figure stuff out. Like there's things like that, and um, particularly with like ChatGPT, like that's an entire thing, right? Of of knowing what to type. Yeah. Um, have you have you seen there's there's job ads going out for prompt engineers whose entire job is to just like write 
chat GPT prompts. Yeah, isn't isn't that kind of I, I feel like possibly that's the future for us, which yeah. is it's like maybe... writing the correct doc comment. Yeah. To get the thing to write the function. No, I do I do think so the the thing the thing about it is, and this is true of Copilot and of Chat GPT, is that um I, I think Copilot most of the time writes stuff that is correct. Um, mm. Chat GPT is is because it's working with natural language, and it's you know you, you often ask it to do things that are related to facts. Then, you know, sometimes Chat GPT just writes stuff that is just factually untrue, and you'll like correct it and then it will be slightly less factually untrue but it's still you know chat gpt is not there to tell you facts and write them out nicely it's it's there to like write you an email um because you can't be able to write the email yeah it's it's guess it's guessing right it's going it's doing an impression of what someone might say given this circumstance yeah the the skill that we need to develop um in in our use of ai tools is actually like proofreading and fact checking mm. and i think that's true of copilot and it's true of gpt you know we we cannot just and and, and this, this this happens with all sorts of things but we can't just get the tool to spit something out and just be like okay that looks fine um we have to actually validate it somehow um, and I think I think you know that's that is where a test can can come in handy. Um, but again, you can fall into that trap with tests where you're like, oh well, all the tests pass, so it must must work. That's like, we know that's not true. Um, but you know, th- there's always I, I think, and I might be wrong, but I think there is always going to be a need for us to v- validate the output of a, an AI tool in some way, um, mm. whether that's through writing a test whether that's through just reading it with your eyes and just and and thinking through it logically um i i still think that that is um a, a, an improvement to the workflow because like the, the, there are some things it, it, and it's it's often like working with arrays and maps and and things where it's just like my brain is not designed to think in this way and it's very difficult but github's just written it out for me and now that it's written out in front of me, I can understand the problem much better. And it's my my brain is happier understanding it, having it already been written, than trying to figure it out from scratch. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that's an improvement, but I I I do think that we need to be careful not to just blindly accept the output of these tools without without validating it. Um, ourselves i think that's the biggest thing for me yeah i i agree um and i think but kind of the the slightly scary thing for me is how much are we going to just become prompt engineers and then ai checker outerers no that wasn't words um well it was but just bad ones um like like, (laughs) (laughs) um how yeah are we just going to become like we 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 tell ai you know please try and figure how out how to do this thing um see what it does and then kind of go no try again try again try again or or try a different tool um and then just validate the output because that's really boring mm. and and this is kind of the 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 the, the thing that i 
kind of the thing that it makes me sad actually is kind of the idea of um these AI tools currently we're like, oh these help us so much. They you know they're they're great at making things quicker. But then like I don't want to sound like someone from the past who's like kind of trying to cling on to the good old days. Yes. Like, I remember when, you know. That yeah. is exactly what you sound like. I, um, well, you know, I'm approaching uh, cause, forces. Cause <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like I am, I'm, I'm unhappy with the fact that my life is going to have to change as a result of the progress of these tools. Mm. Yes. Um, and, and that makes me a curmudgeon, which is a word that I heard on a YouTube video recently and very much good, enjoyed. So, good word, good um, word. I'm a curmudgeon uh, because mm. I, want to, I want to write the code myself. But 200 years ago, there would have been people walking around saying, do you know, I miss the days when we were, you know, forging nuts and bolts by hand um, one by one. And then these these industrial revolutionists came along and invented yes. a machine to make the nuts and bolts automatically. And it's mm. and and we're you know we're all praising the machines now, but just you wait in in fifty years, none of us will have jobs. Um, yeah, it's never not been a problem. Mm. Um, like technology replacing human beings, it's just the 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 sad truth is that human beings have to change. Yes. Um, so in in ten years. And and like, I think I think we all know this. In ten years, we probably won't be doing the same work that we're doing now. We might not be writing Flutter apps. We might not be writing apps. We might not be doing software engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of us expect to just like get a job and do that job for the rest of our lives until we retire slash die, whichever happens sooner. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I feel like this is another one of those things where the 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 tool's ability to make the thing will one day get better than your ability to make the thing so you just need to learn to make different things yeah i and i, I to me i i think the big the biggest game changer that will come up soon and i think it will be really soon is when we get ai tools which know the entire code base because mm-hmm. at the moment they tend to be really limited either to the current file you're editing or like um, I think with Copilot it kind of looks at other files you've got open or kind of other context around that file. Yeah. But we don't really and like I'm sure I'm going to log onto Twitter after this and see that someone's already released it. But like having that kind of tool that can edit multiple files at once, I think yeah. that's going to be a moment where we go, oh shit, um, yeah. like this is a big deal. Um, like and, you, you yeah. open a you open a prompt in VS Code, and it's yeah. just like build an authentication system. Yeah, and and just like fifty files appear, and it's just yes, done. yes. Like you know, you've got you've already got I don't know sign in with Google implemented, and you just type please add sign in with Apple to this, and it goes yeah. through and it figures out how what UI needs to be built, what you know all all of that stuff. Yeah, and then it says and, at the end, oh, remember to configure these things in the Apple Developer Portal, and you're like, yes yeah th- that will be the moment for me and i and i don't think we're that far away from that um no i don't think we is, are yeah what is what is copilot x um that's a good question um it's isn't it uh, others okay well, fun, extra copilot but, <laughs> yes um fun fact there's a I, a colleague pointed out there's a there's a tweet from me on the copilot like homepage or was it the copilot x page like i what? tweeted about it yeah i know i know no way 
I'm famous. I'm going to annoy everyone. I've, I bought a mechanical keyboard recently, so I'm going to annoy everyone with my... Oh, no. You're not one of those wankers, are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Clacky, clacky. Uh, uh, you're going to be working from home in your new... <laughs> oh, no. That's so annoying. <laughs> Very good. So, so there's a tweet from you on this on this website. Is that uh, which? Um, hang on, which one are you on? Um, I'm on the Copilot X. Is it that one? Uh, I mean, look. While I'm here, I'll just actually learn what Copilot X is because that's what that's the no, no. <laughs> that that was the original question. Google along with us. Yeah. Um, oh um, no, hang on. It's on the um, it, it's on uh, the Copilot Labs. So ah. that's like the upcoming stuff. There's a there's a tweet from me randomly okay. on that. Um, Support uh, for yeah. pull requests. It says yeah. on Copilot X. Yes. Oh, that's... context to where conversation. Oh, right. So it's Chat GPT for code. Like, so you just ask Copilot, "Hey, I can't do this." It'll even generate unit tests. Yeah. Uh, docs that feel tailored for you. Mm. So it'll write docs for you. GitHub Copilot keeps track of you. It suggests pull request descriptions. And helps reviewers reason about your changes. Oh God, it it walks you through. If you're reviewing a peer, a pull request, it walks you through the changes. <gasps> mm. No, that's nice. That's nice. This is wow. Well, and I, I think that okay. um, I feel that AI um, reviewing pull requests is kind of a really obvious use of AI, that's huge. And, and 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 a really good one because. Um, AI is much better at reviewing certain things than humans is, right? Humans are. Humans is. Oh, man. You never have thought I'm a native English speaker. English, um, yes. Yeah, I know. Um, so, like, looking at things like uh, following rules, following um, kind of, I guess, not linter rules, but kind of style rules and things like that, um, and, and looking for really kind of basic logic bugs, the kind of thing mm-hmm. which it's fairly easy as a as a human to just kind of miss something yeah that, oh, that, that greater than sign should be a less than sign yeah it's like, yeah. very easy to miss yeah. yeah or absolutely and 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 i think i think uh i think pr reviews is a is a great first but not first use of ai but like big use of ai that we should get into really really soon um just and for one thing, just as a first pass before before another colleague looks at it, just to kind of sanity check your own code, um, rather rather than yeah, Tom, you've 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 done this thing again. Oh no, I'm <laughs> sorry, boy. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and we, we were talking about this a couple of couple of episodes ago, um, maybe the one with Luke. Um, you know, we are already quite lucky in the Flutter world because our automatic automatic analysis tools are already very good. Mm. And, uh, we they they tell us an awful lot about the code that we've written, but yeah, I think I think the the idea of just r- rather than when you get a pull request to review, just like you just get a pile of files in alphabetical order or whatever ordering GitHub does, and it's just like okay, I have to figure out you know the flow of data and probably gonna have to pull it down, and it's just it's just a bit of a bit of a nightmare to understand what the changes are. Mm-hmm. Just, just to get this tool to just tell me what's going on, I think could yes. be very helpful. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, I feel like I feel like they're focusing their efforts in in a helpful direction with with Copilot X because it's yes. like documentation and tests and 
pull requests. It's just like making making our lives a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I could uh, do my job without Copilot anymore. I I did. I think after it because because I joined the the free period where it was in beta and it, and it was free, and then when they started charging money for it, I was like, ah, oh, I don't I don't think it's going to be worth paying for this. It was fun to try out, so I turned it off. And one day later, I paid for it. <laughs> They're like they're like it's like they're, they're like drug dealers, right? Yeah. They give you like a free sample, and then it's yeah. yeah you go you go one oh, day without addicted. it. You literally can't live without it. Yeah. And, and now you're going to pay us twelve dollars a month for the rest of your life. Well, yes. Done. Yep. That's Absolutely. how they get you. Yeah. Uh, but they they got me, um, and it's very very good. I, I feel like for legal reasons, I should distance Microsoft from being drug dealers. But you know, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> just, I don't, yes. I don't know. Do we do we want to face libel suits on? Probably, we, probably not. Mm, no, no, not with Microsoft. Not. When I when when we started this podcast, it, it never occurred to me. Do you know what? One day, I really want to get sued for libel by a massive tech company. I... Um, <laughs> that's not not one of my objectives. <laughs> it could, for, could be a fun day out in court. Yeah, yeah, no, no, maybe not. I mean, frankly, I'll just be happy if anyone from Microsoft is actually listening in the first place. <laughs> yes. Like, it's that, like that's a win <laughs> it's like peter uh the good news is someone from high up in microsoft is listening to our podcast the bad news <laughs> is, yeah they're now suing us because <laughs> we compared them to drug dealers mm. um, which they're not um or are they is is uh, <laughs> is co-pilot a drug uh, find out in the next episode of flip <laughs> um Yes. So I think I am once again extremely surprised at our ability to talk absolute nonsense for an astonishing amount of time. Uh, but we've now filled 55 minutes with absolute nonsense. Yep. So uh, I feel that I feel that that's that's quite enough for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to try and I'm going to try this Copilot X cuz because mm. it sounds cool and I'm going to I'm going to feedback next time and there will be a next time and hopefully it will be quite soon um please tweet at us and tell us what you're interested in hearing about um tell us if there are any guests we've we've had one guest on and it was very good and very interesting for everyone involved uh, and we would like more people to get involved in our nonsense uh so if there's anyone you would like us to speak to we would love to hear from you. I am still on Twitter. I wasn't for a second, but I am I am back on Twitter now. I sort of joined the group, think of Elon Musk has ruined everything. Um but actually if you just keep to the flutter bubble on Twitter, it's yeah. still it's still fine. So um I'm I'm at Putterbrunt on Twitter, which is my name without any vowels in it. Uh, and Tom is at Tom Gilder, which is his yep. name with all the vowels still in it. Mm-hmm. But no, but not extra ones. No, but you. no extra ones. Yeah, yeah. Just the just the required standards. <laughs> yes. Vowels. Yes. Uh, cool. I think that's the end. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. It's been a slightly different one, but yep. uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll speak to you again in yep. the not too Thank distant you. future. Bye for now. <laughs>